1971, John List was a 46-year-old insurance salesman living in Westfield, New Jersey with his wife, three kids, and his mother. He was facing mounting financial pressures and was about to lose the home he shared with his family. Those pressures would come to a head on November 9, 1971, the day John List would commit one of the most infamous crimes in American history. What led up to that day and how did John List develop into the cold-blooded killer that murdered his entire family? Join us as we discuss John List and dive into the darkness, one crime at a time. Hello, welcome to One Crime at a Time. I'm your host, Shannon. With me, as always, my sister from the same mister, Christina. Hi, everybody. What's up? Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> well, I've got a lot up, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Good, because I don't want to. <laughs> I want to talk about me. <laughs> always. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yay. Hey, everybody. We're actually recording an episode. I we know you are. can't believe it, but here we are. We are. Guys, thanks everybody for hanging in there. Um, we've actually been doing, um, I think we've picked up some more listeners or something because we've been doing pretty good since we haven't been putting out new episodes. Maybe they, so. just, got t- maybe they just got tired of us. They're like, shut up. <laughs> So I guess people are going back and li- if you're going back and listening to them, thank you very much. We appreciate yes, that. Dude. So we finally got going to get a new one out and, you yes, know, a new one. and hopefully we'll have another one out next week. If we don't, we don't. Yes, because I'm down to only one job again. <laughs> so I'm doing. I still have three. Well, so I don't I have know. more than one job, but only one that I get paid to do. Oh, so. well, you know. That's how it goes. It's all going to come out in the wash. <laughs> Speaking of, I do need to wash. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> There's a lot do I need to do. you still remember how to do that? Yeah. Are you sure? Actually, I've been making my daughter do it. Exactly. That's why I'm asking. Do you still remember how to do it? I do remember. I, hey, I've, I had enough years in of doing but that. For, I, I know very well how to do well, it. Well, just because you've been doing it all your life don't mean you get to sit back and never do it again. <laughs> well... I feel like I, I feel like I've earned it. No, I'll do it again. She's only going to be here a couple of more years. No, and then that, I will. <laughs> that is not how that works. And then I'll have to go back to doing it. But the thing is, I won't have near as much if she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, but I know definitely. You, no, I know you. You used to have a lot growing up too, so you can't say anything. So before we get started, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Azoth. Azoth is a Boston-based women-owned supplement company that makes premium quality supplements for women with the mission to help people reach their highest potential without the harmful side effects of over-the-counter medications. Their newest supplement, Boss Flow, is a PMS gummy that helps every woman be a boss no matter what day of the month it is. These little gummies are packed full with a delicious blast of strawberry flavor and powerful vitamins and nutrients to help soothe menstrual cramps stop bloating, and balance out hormonal mood swings and acne symptoms that are often caused by periods. Trust us, we've heard these really work. 
Bosslow is exclusively offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to Amazon.com, searching for Boss Flow Gummies, and using the code BOSSFLOW. That's code B-O-S-S-F-L-O-W to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. You need to have an Amazon or Amazon Prime account to get these delicious gummies. So order Boss Flow supplements for boss women on the go. We are also brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate each and every one of you. We love you. You guys are all awesome. And if you would like to help support the show, you can for as little as a dollar a month. We have several levels that include access to our exclusive Patreon feed, mini-sodes, merchandise, and commercial-free episodes. So if you would like to get in on that, go for it. Yes, do. <laughs> if you don't, that's good, too. Just keep listening. You were talking about, like, you with that toothbrush, you get the feeling mm-hmm. of when you lick. Well, my mouth always hurts when I go to dinner. So is, I'm, am I going to get that feeling with that no. toothbrush? Okay. No, so not with the brush. That toothbrush does not make your mouth hurt, people. Nope. In case you were wondering. You will not. Maybe you want to have that exact just leaving the dentist feeling. You'll okay, have the clean good. part, but okay, not okay. the pain just, part. Okay, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Okay, so now it's time for our weekly review. So this week's review comes from Marjorie. It says, you two are so interesting and funny. <laughs> we sure are. Thank you, Marjorie, We're for funny. noticing. We're funny. I don't know about interesting. I am extremely interesting. <laughs> wow. Y'all just don't know the half of it. Wow. She says, y'all make me feel at home. The accents, the story, the realness. I live in Memphis, and all I can say is, what accent? Thank you, see? I didn't know I had an accent until I started this show, and then I got everybody telling me. (laughs) Hey. Be nice, everybody. (laughs) No, they were nice about it. Words (laughs) hurt. They don't hurt me. I don't care what you say. But, um, no, I mean, they weren't being ugly about it. They were just saying, hey, I love your accent. And I'm like, what accent? All right, so this week we are talking about John List. Do you know who John List is? No. You don't know who John List is? No. Well, this will be fun. <laughs> I might when we get into the story. But the you name. probably will. <laughs> and we won't get into it until next episode because this is going to be a two-parter. Well, damn. But how am I supposed to know who he is? No, not that. I'm just about the story I'm about to tell. But this story of this man scarred me when I was a child and... We'll get into it on next episode, but just know that talking about this is just really, it just, it it brings back a lot of memories. Some not so great. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Really? Really? What? Tell the story. (laughs) So, John Emil List was born September 17th, 1925 in Bay City, Michigan to John Frederick and Alma List, who also happened to be cousins. Oh, cool. <laughs> so this is starting out great. Wow. Y'all are, you know what? Go for it. So John Liz got a good start. <laughs> he did. His parents are cousins. Well, at least they've always gotten along. Right. So, I mean, it's convenient. I mean, I she's mean, there. Really. So, you know. Now, Frederick was over 20 years older than Alma, and he had married her after his first wife died of cancer. Okay. And in fact, Alma had been the nurse who took care of his first wife when she was dying. Oh, what a tangled web. <laughs> <laughs> so when John List was a boy, 
He was treated almost kind of like a, just as an afterthought by his father. His father was not really involved in his life and really didn't take any interest in him whatsoever. And in fact, during his childhood, he only referred to him simply as the boy. <laughs> the boy. The boy. And when the family bought a new house one time, Frederick had the top floor remodeled to make an apartment so that they could rent it out and then made John sleep in the, um, down, in the lounge downstairs. So he never had his own a bedroom or anything. Wow. So pretty much he was treated kind of like the family dog. <laughs> He's the boy. Well, he sleeps on the couch in the lounge. He's referred to as the boy. I so. saw a movie about the boy once. <laughs> that boy didn't turn out so good. <laughs> Well, you know, since we're part, since we're doing an episode about John Lewis, I doubt he didn't he either. Did, didn't either. Now, what Frederick did pass on to his son was the good old Protestant work ethic and a strict adherence to the Lutheran faith. And when I say strict, I mean strict. Frederick believed that the purpose of a man's life was to work long hours, do as he was told, and spend his free time reading the Bible and going to church. In his mind, that's all there was to life. People like Fred viewed sloth and lust as really the only sins that mattered. No, because okay? they're all, it's called the seven <laughs> deadly sins for a reason. But, those were the only two that really mattered. It's not and the two deadly sins, <laughs> it's the seven deadly sins. And to them, being poor was a sign that you've displeased God. And therefore, poor people were to, be, were to be looked down on as sinners who were getting exactly what they deserved for having led a sinful life. So in other words, being poor is seen as a punishment. And at the same time, it's seen as something that's entirely your fault because you sinned and deserve to be punished by being poor. Okay, but God. <laughs> they, must have been, they must be one of those people that wrote their own Bible. Right, because that's, a, I mean, apparently because they what didn't. what they're reading is not the same thing not I'm reading. That's not what's in the Bible, no. But, so Frederick believed that accepting any kind of assistance, especially welfare, was admitting that you were not a man and were not Christian. Frederick was not the only one in the community of Bay City, Michigan that thought that way, though. Because it was a whole little community of Lutherans there. Of course. It was a cult. (laughs) No, it wasn't a cult. Now, in fact, during the Great Depression... You know, things weren't so great for folks during that time. And Roosevelt implemented the New Deal. And um, Bay City, Michigan, refused any assistance from the government solely out of pride. And it kind of just ruined their whole little community. (laughs) Just because they didn't want to take money from the government. (laughs) The dummies. How'd that work out for you? Because that would be... In their eyes, that would be sinning. And if you didn't take, if you didn't create capital and wealth and work for what you got and just kept working and it, you were, if you did right and didn't sin, then God re- would reward you by giving you more a, money. A place in heaven. And if you know more money. No. And if <laughs> no. you're not, you don't know what you're talking about. No. And if you were poor, it was because you sinned and God was 
pretty much smiting you by making you poor for all the sins that you had done. <laughs> so that's that's the that's what John Lynch grew up believing. Just see, I'm I'm so confused about some of these denominations of Christianity. Okay. Because I read the Bible and <laughs> millions of other people read the Bible and we get something completely different from what these few people get. Well, it's just all about, it's all about interpretation. No, it's all about what you want to do. <laughs> Let's just it's it. all about how you want to live and you just make it like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you make it say what you want it to say. You rewrite, you basically rewrite it to Make it it's not you really you're rewriting it. You're just interpreting In your, well, it differently. Well, no, and the, but that's but then you're not following the word that God set forth. Well, you you're are if you it. if you're interpreting the word to mean that. No, you're changing it <laughs> to fit your lifestyle. <laughs> so anyway, now, I, I, let's not get into that because I could be here all night. Oh, we're not talking about that. But we have to talk about about it partly because it plays an integral part in this story. Well, I know. I, I, I get it. It's very, just... very important to the story. Now, like I said, these are the beliefs that John Lewis grew up with. And he would adhere to this throughout his childhood and really throughout his whole life. John List was an extremely obedient child. And in fact, he was only punished twice. The whole time he was growing up, once was for acting up at church, and then and the other time was for running in the house. Those were really, the only two. Really times. running in the house, really? <laughs> yes. yes, because you don't do that. So mostly he was described like a, most people at school really didn't remember much about him. He was just kind of they just remembered him just being there pretty much, and. Which is pretty much how his father treated him. He was kind of just there. He was, I think, probably the world champion at being seen and not heard. <laughs> he was invisible. <laughs> pretty much, yes. But I think that he liked that that's how he, that's what he thought he should be. It was just to be, just to be obedient. That was what he was put here for. Now, John List obeyed authority almost on a pathological level, and he obeyed his mother most of all. He would never play outside with other kids, and when teachers would ask him, Hey, John, why aren't you playing outside with the kids? All he would say is, quote, Oh, no, I can't. Mother doesn't want me to get dirty. You're a kid. Well, he when wasn't get, supposed to get dirty. He stayed sick a lot, too. I don't know. We need to he look was, that up because... Dirt gives you an immune system. Well, she didn't want her little Johnny boy to get dirty, which that just sounds dirty anyway. Yeah, he's getting dirty just (laughs) outside. Gross. Well, I'm sorry, but that's how I interpret Uh, that. Listen, when there's some more stuff that comes up that makes you wonder. That is how I interpret that. (laughs) Now, John's mother was extremely overbearing and overprotective. In fact, she held his hand almost everywhere they went well into his teenage years. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm shitting you negative. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm telling you. This is how I'm interpreting this. (laughs) 
He and his mother were always together, so much so that as a child, John actually walked and talked like his mother. So he actually picked up her idiosyncrasies because they, she was, he was just around her so much. That this was happened, the only person he actually hung around. This happened like in the fifties, like now this 50s, would have been in like the thirties, thirties. I guarantee you that this is the person that Norman Bates was based <laughs> off of. Actually, Norman Bates was based off of Ed Gein. Part of it, but not yeah. all of it. His 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 personality had to have been based off this guy. <laughs> Think about it. So all that's perfectly normal, right? Of course, holding why hand, not? walking down the street For when you're, you're you know fifteen years old, holding hands with your mom. Mm-hmm. Y'all are walking the same and talking the same. He's his own grandpa. <laughs> He's his own mother. Jesus. And, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. Now, like we talked about earlier, his father was really no better. Frederick List was a boring old curmudgeon. Yeah, think. <laughs> I love that word, curmudgeon. He's a curmudgeon. He's a curmudgeon. <laughs> he was not liked by many people, even in his own community. And the family didn't really socialize with their neighbors and really... There's only, there's only really one story that anyone ever had about Frederick. And it was an incident that occurred on Halloween when John List was in high school. So, as you can he imagine. Had to go with Siamese twins with his mother because. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my God, that would have been incredible. That, that would have been a great costume. <laughs> they were attached at the hip. <laughs> at the hand. <laughs> Apparently, they were attached at the hip. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> Your Honor, can you strike the last comment from the record? So, as you can imagine, Frederick List did not approve of Halloween. Not only because he considered the holiday evil and a celebration of the devil. Evil. It's evil. But he mostly opposed Halloween because it involved giving free candy to children that oh, none, <laughs> that had not worked to earn it. They did work to earn it. They had to walk <laughs> up and down that street, knock on doors. It's hard. It's I hard mean, work. think about it. And you know, a lot of places in October... It's not cool in those costumes. Right. It's hot. So, he refused to take part in the holiday at all. And, of course, this drew ire from the kids in the neighborhood. Mm. The List House was that one house that every neighborhood has that doesn't participate, you know. So, now it's trick time. (laughs) I mean, it's trick or treat, Um. right? You make your own choice here. Fred Liz chose trick because he didn't give any treats. Now, Fred not only didn't have candy to hand out, but he would yell at any kid who came to the door asking for it. So, in the eye, in the kid's eyes, he had to pay, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> which Hello? is only, which is only fair. I mean, because like I said, you know, he made his choice. I've never done anything like that. Right. <laughs> So this particular year, the kids decided to play a little ding dong ditch. Oh, come with on! The doorbell. You can do better than that. So, I mean, come well, on. it was the thirties, so they would ring the doorbell, then run and hide in the bushes, and they kept doing this over and over 
<laughs> over and over again. Finally, Fred snapped. He threw open the door and ran after them, but he stumbled on the... <laughs> He stumbled and sprained his ankle and was just kind of rolling on the on the in the yard, yelling in pain. Good. So of course, everyone in the neighborhood loved it. Uh, I bet they laughed. Because <laughs> even in this community of tight asses, Fred List was so hated that fifty years later, people were still talking about that Halloween story. <laughs> Hey, you remember when Fred List died, fell and sprained his ankle? Yeah, but it wasn't so funny for John because after this incident, the kids at school started calling him Trick or Treat Johnny. Trick or Treat Johnny. <laughs> Trick or Treat Johnny. All right. It wasn't, it was as if John List wasn't really phased by the teasing from the other kids. Um, the List family attended the Lutheran Missouri Synod Church. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. And like I said earlier, this was really the only what you would call social functions that the family attended. Like they they went home and they went to church and that was pretty much it. And it was here that John learned that he was a very bad boy who deserved to burn in literal hell for even the smallest disobedience. That's okay. what they taught him. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, getting in trouble for running in the house. Alrighty then. Now Parents, this, if you want your kids to behave, send them to spend a week with the them to eternal damnation. <laughs> to literally burn in hell. You will burn in hell. I bet they said it just like that. Too. You, will you will burn in, in hell. hell. <laughs> I'm sure they did. They did. Yeah, they did. Like their face was all red because they had their like <laughs> shirts buttoned up and their ties too tight. And you know, they had the guy <laughs> with the handkerchief just, sw- just patting his forehead. You know, his face is turning blue because he's not getting enough air in because he's screaming, his veins are popping out. Yeah. Visuals. Yeah. Like visuals. That's him. <laughs> That's there him. Go. There you go, everybody. <laughs> Now, this fear of eternal damnation not only kept John in line, but it also gave him a sense of superiority over the other kids. Superi- how, how? Because if you're going to burn in literal hell, how are you superior? Because from he's not going else? to. That's just the point. It seemed he knew that he was the only one of them who was doing what he needed to do to get into heaven and that those teasing him would most certainly burn in hell. No. And that would be their eventual punishment for daring to be disobedient. Cause he's, that's where he's feeling the superiority is I'm better than you because I'm doing what I need to do to, to not burn in hell. But you, you're over here, you know, acting like a little hoodlum. A child. A child. <laughs> you know, a I like, care- to, I like to call them little hoodlums. That's a, care- a carefree child who's not scared of burning in hell for being a child. But you need to be scared of burning in hell because if you're not scared of burning in hell, you're not going to do what you need to do to stop to not burn in hell. So he just believed that he was, that he was better because he, Uh, you know what he had a, cause he knew, he knew the secret to getting into heaven and he was doing what he was supposed to do. No, he, no, he wasn't. And what the, he, he believed his purpose was 
to work, obey, and succeed. Because and that was it. That's one, why he was here. One of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not judge thy neighbor. <laughs> Unless he's rolling on his lawn with a sprained well, no, they ankle. Were, no, they were not judging him. They were laughing at him. Well, There's okay. a difference. <laughs> were they laughing at him or laughing with him? No, they were they laughing, were laughing at, at him. him. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So in nineteen forty three he graduated high school and he joined the army and of course Don't give this guy a gun. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> he's probably in a tank and everything. Are you crazy? No, he's he's not at all. So he joined the army thinking he was, you know, headed to Germany to battle Hitler and all those Nazis they had over there. But, That's who they remind me of. I couldn't figure it out at first. Hitler. Yes, it, it is kind of like, it's that mentality. It's that, you know, in his mind, if he keeps succeeding and keeps getting, you know, reaching toward the top, he he will be closer to God in okay. a sense. No. But, I mean, that's what the mindset is. He'll be closer to God by spending time with (laughs) Lucifer, who was the archangel that God and Michael cast out of heaven into hell. It is kind of like being, you know, the mentality it takes to, to be a Nazi. So he thinks he's going to Germany to, you know, battle the Germans, but instead he gets sent to Louisiana. (laughs) Kind of of boring. Yeah. Well, (laughs) depends on what part of Louisiana. And, while and the people, the men that he served with when he was stationed in Louisiana, they would describe him as prissy and pious. Prissy and pious. Prissy and pirate, pious. The two P's. The two P's. <laughs> prissy and pious. And then while he was stationed in Louisiana, in 1944, his father died. Oh. And you know he just kind of. He didn't he left. He, he really didn't. He went home. He went to the funeral. He went back to work. And that was, I mean, that was that. And, and, and that's probably the way his father would have wanted it. You know, I mean, he gave it the attention, as much attention as his father gave him. You know, it was just, some, it was just a thing that happened. You, you go, you deal with it, you get on, you and move on. Went, and he probably met God and, then he probably met Lucifer. God's like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> that's not what I you're, meant. You're, you're, you're so wrong. <laughs> you, man, you were way off. <laughs> I mean, I thought I made it pretty clear. I mean, it's but, pretty plain in there. But, I mean, you know, I'm not going to make it any more plain. But, you know, that's how it goes. Now... As the war was winding down in the last final weeks of the war, they finally send old John List over to Germany. And so this was, you know, in the final stage of the infantry campaign that crossed over into Germany, like I said, in the final weeks of the war. And his unit was actually captured by Nazis. Probably because he was so prissy and what was <laughs> prissy and pious. Pious. But since it was kind of obvious that the Nazis had lost the war, later that same day, the Nazis actually flipped it and surrendered to John's unit <laughs> the same day. Uh, we, we, weren't, we weren't kidnapping <laughs> you. We were just bringing you here so we could surrender. So that 
must have been an interesting day, right? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> so you're, well, you wake up. I, I get it. You're not I, a POW. You go to lunch. Hey, POW. Then by dinner time, you're like, hey, not a POW anymore. It was a full day. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of how this went. <laughs> they're walking. They're walking through Germany or driving, whatever they're doing. They did have some kind of car back then. Yeah, they had vehicles. It's the 1940s. And um, you're sitting there. Your commander's probably back smoking a cigar somewhere. <laughs> and you've got these POWs that he's saying bring somewhere. And you're like, man, I'm tired of this shit. Let's just surrender to them so we can I just go don't, home. I don't. I guess they just decided, hey, we. They maybe they did. They're like, hey, we don't even have. I don't know what the. I don't know how that came about. I do know that since John Liss kind of grew up in a German community, he is actually the one that kind of interpreted the deal, and you know. You know, bartered the peace here. Maybe and they said, just surrendered to get away from him. Maybe he just <laughs> shut the hell up. Well, no, because he wasn't much of a talker. I don't think I because said, he but, was prissy and pious and obedient. Well, well, maybe he became a talker after he got <laughs> taken hostage by the Germans. Maybe he decided now's the time. Now's I the time to come out of my shell. <laughs> I mean, no hell, no time like the present. So he was a POW for a whole afternoon, and because of he this, he was a pretty pious POW. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now it's the three P's. <laughs> so because of this, he was awarded the Bronze Star, which he thought he was just you know the shit for doing, but what he didn't realize was that. They were kind of handing those, at the end of the war in the last few weeks, they were kind of just handing those out to everybody. Look, you To survived. everybody, to all the, to whole units at a time. Yeah. It's just kind of a morale booster. And, you know, as a thing, you know, well, here, we, we're winning this war. It's about to wind down. And they were just kind of handing those things out, kind of like candy at Halloween. <laughs> You want Which John oh. wouldn't understand because he never was able to celebrate would, Halloween. But he would understand that because he was given something without working for it. Well, he, in his mind, he did work for it because he was a POW for like three hours. He was a pretty pious POW. Which is probably how, uh, probably the maximum I would last as a POW. I oh. may too because I would get so mad he that probably, they would shoot me within the first hour. He lasted longer than I probably would. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I mean. They would be done shot me. They're like, get rid of her. Like, just shut the hell up. Shut her up. For God's sake, shut Sometimes her up. Sometimes that's how I feel. Like, just shut her up. Like, I sure wish I could take her as a POW. You would never be able to handle me oh, as Jesus a POW. Lord. Whatever. Whatever. So, John was overseas fighting in the war for a total of 34 days. That was the, but that included travel, <laughs> travel back and, you know, so. so basically <laughs> 16 days. <laughs> So, you know, he, that was his war experience. And in three hours World of war those two. 16 days, yeah. he was a POW. <laughs> 
And the rest of the time he was in the barracks getting ready to go out to be a POW. So really. When John got back from the war. To the war. He didn't have a war. Maybe it was a war with himself. He was technically in the war. Okay. For three hours. For three. I mean, for 34 days. No, just three hours. (laughs) So, you know, he... He was trying to figure out what he was going to do next. And so, of course, he had to ask mommy. Oh, my God. What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? And so they decided together that he should go to the University of Michigan and get a degree in accounting. Okay. So something else, John, old John List and I have in common. We both could last three hours as a POW. And we're both accountants. <laughs> Where will the similarities end? <laughs> I don't think that's... What? I don't think that counts. It does count. No, because you've never been a POW. I'm so saying, you don't know that you would last three hours I think or I not. could last three hours. Hey, we can do a test. I think I could, la- I think I could last three hours as a POW. Role play. <laughs> I'll be the soldier. I'm going to cosplay a POW. <laughs> I'll be a soldier. And I'll take you as a POW and see how long you last. I think at least three hours. So while he was in school, he just kind of, he was just kind of there. That When they went back and asked, trying to find somebody that remembered him, nobody remembered him going to school there. We know he did go to school there, but... Nobody remembered him. He was just that unremarkable and unrememberable because just like in growing up, he was just there, which is kind of sad. It's really sad. sad. And this is, (laughs) this is weird. Okay. More weird than what we've already heard. (laughs) Yes. Wow. So while he was attending college at the University of Michigan, he wouldn't go home to see his mother. I mean, would you, though? Well, instead, she would take the train to see him on weekends for the whole weekend, staying with him in his dorm room. Let's get it on. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's that. Her her husband slash cousin had died not too long before. Might as well keep it all in the family. Incest is best. That's what they say, right? That's so creepy and weird. That's weird, right? I'm not the only one that thinks that's weird, that's right? That's weird, but we all know why. <laughs> I mean, she, Which she's makes just... it even more weird than it was just thinking about it before. <laughs> Since now you kind of have confirmation of what you yes. were thinking. <laughs> It's freaking weird. It would have looked less suspicious and less weird if he'd have gone home for the weekends. <laughs> I mean, because he did grow up there. But Just no, weird. we got to have mom come out because, you know, I'm a college man now. I'm a college man. So when the Korean War came around, John was summoned back to the Army. They oh, said, Jesus. hey, we need you to come back. Maybe somebody else will surrender to you. <laughs> Get captured. <laughs> you say, go, here's the plan. Pull off the same trick you did in World that was, War II. That was, that was brilliant. Go get captured and then have them surrender to you. 
So he gets called back, and he's actually stationed in Fort Eustis, Virginia. Eustis. Eustis. <laughs> and here he just kind of spent his free time, just kind of. Spinning his wheels, just doing nothing. Well, touring. Dreaming about mama. Yeah, going to church <laughs> and touring Civil War battlegrounds. That was well, how he that, spent no, most of his know, time. That I could, that I could get on <laughs> I mean, board it's not with. that bad, yeah. One night in 1951. Oh, we've made it to the 50s. He and some of his fellow officers, they went bowling in the basement of the Zion Lutheran School. Because the school had actually set up a bowling alley in the basement to keep the men away from the more tawdry, regular bowling alleys. <laughs> they couldn't be seen hanging around with the... With the with common, norm, with, with the common people, poor folk. With normal people. <laughs> we had to have our own special bowling alley in the basement. Keep Was people it that away they from were them. trying to keep them away from the normal people? I guess. Or that they were trying to just hide them so nobody would really know that they existed. <laughs> but, you know, we can't be commingling with those sorry ass poor sinners. When Jesus, when we're so, all he ever helped was poor. I don't, <laughs> not one time. Jesus, Jesus didn't want you to be poor because he wanted you to be a winner. <laughs> he wanted you to be a winner, but he didn't care if you, he didn't judge you because you were poor. <laughs> That's not, yeah, he did. That's what they say. I don't give a shit what they say. Jesus only wants winners. He doesn't want you loser poor people. They marry their cousins and have sex with their mothers. So (laughs) there, I said it. I don't give a crap what they say, okay? I'm just saying their judgment might not be all there. They may not be right about everything. You think? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe they're wrong about a couple of things. That's all I'm saying. Just a couple. There, there's a couple of things that I, I really, I really have some questions about. So it was at this bowling alley, I guess you were just bowling basement. I don't, I don't know what think, you were. I don't think it was really a bowling alley. Um, I, they had everybody, like everybody's mother down there. Gross! So they could have a little free time off the bench. Oh my gosh, that's really disgusting. Hey. You are really gross tonight for some reason. I'm, look, you're the one that's telling the story. I'm just telling the story. You're the one that is just kinda taking okay. it, you're I'll, just taking it as your own. I haven't said anything that okay, anything every, nefarious every, was every, going on. Everybody out there, tell me what you think. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, he's just really close to his mother. Yeah, he's really close to her. (laughs) Just, he loves his mommy. Well, now I love my mama, but not in the same way. Yeah, he loves his mommy though. Way too much. That's kind of different. He has a fetish. It's a mommy fetish. He has mommy issues. I I would think he just has issues. He has a lot of issues. (laughs) He's just one big issue walking around. He's a prissy pious P-O-W. 
But only, but not anymore. He was only POW for three hours. Well, I think once you're a POW, you're, you're always, always a, a POW. Once a POW, always a POW. I mean, because that's going to follow you for the rest of Do your life. Do you think that, like, if they had, if they would qualify, like, if they, because I'm sure there's a bunch of POWs that would get together every year or something. Do you think that they would welcome those guys? No. <laughs> See, there's a time you have to. There's a minimum requirement for the hours that you have to be be a POW before you're accepted as by the other POWs. No, it's not that. You have to be sane. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the other ones were. I'm not talking about just him. I'm talking about that whole unit, his whole unit. Oh, they probably would all but him. They don't want no prissy pious POW. (laughs) You don't think they would kind of shun him? Like, you're only a three-hour POW. No, because, I mean, POW is (laughs) POW. I mean, you were a prisoner. Doesn't matter if it was one minute or 37 days. I think there's a big difference. I'd much rather be a three-hour BMW. But, I mean... Three hours, three years, what's the difference? But there's a lot that, I mean... (laughs) There's a lot that could happen in three hours. Especially, Especially inside a dorm room. With, like, a whole battalion of men. And you're a prissy and pious. There's a lot. That and then your mom's there. There's a lot that could happen in three hours. It's so gross. Hey, I'm just. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you there's a lot that could happen. Oh, gosh. I didn't say what. I just said there's a lot that could happen. <laughs> Get your mind out the gutter. My mind ain't in no gutter. Yeah, it is. You started all that. Okay. So anyway, it was at this basement bowling alley that he met a woman named Helen Taylor. Now, Helen had her own issues. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you've got issues, you need to marry or get with somebody with less issues than you. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe issues are attracted to issues. Opposites don't attract. If you got issues. Opposites do you attract. Like, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Just because Paula Abdul said it don't make it true. <laughs> that, that, Paula Abdul's not the first person who ever said that. <laughs> okay. So... She had, she was kind of, she was abused pretty much, physically abused pretty much her whole childhood. So at 18 years old, Helen ran away from home and married a soldier named Marvin Taylor in 1941. And soon after they got married, he was shipped off to war overseas. And the next year, Helen gave birth to a baby girl named Brenda. But while the doctor was delivering Brenda, he accidentally splashed ether in Helen's eyes. Making- uh, how do you accidentally? <laughs> Wait a minute. First of all, why the hell was there ether in there while she's giving birth? I guess just to make her numb down there, I guess. How the fuck? Anyway, he accidentally sprayed it in her eyes, making her kind of wall-eyed for the rest of her life. So like her her eyes like were went two separate directions. For 
they looked in two separate directions after that for the rest of her life. I'm glad that doctor is no longer practicing. <laughs> damn, go in to have a baby and you come out blind. I mean, damn. But, I mean, so, you know, that's some bad luck there. That's some really, really, really bad luck. Mm-hmm. And bad luck just continued to follow poor Helen because she gave birth to a second child who died at six months old. Then she got pregnant again, and that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. So it's just all these tragedies piling up, tragedy after tragedy. Now, her husband, Marvin, he had survived World War II. But in 1947, he was transferred to Korea. And he picked up a little case of syphilis while he was there. Oh, fun. And, <laughs> and, and on leave, he brought it back home to old Helen. So now wow. she's got syphilis. <laughs> and, you know, most of the time, most of, like probably 50% of the time, if you, people that, have syphilis they don't ever they don't ever show any symptoms or anything it doesn't bother them but some people it does and helen was one of those who was symptomatic but because it was during wartime and the priority was to keep the boys overseas healthy she was not able to get the doses of penicillin that would have just wiped it out and been done with it so Mm. by the time she was able to get the medication. It was too late. It had already started ravaging her body. Yeah, she had because... already started showing symptoms. So, you know, that's fun. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I really need to go hang out with these people. <laughs> they have way too much fun. It's, just all, it's always something. <laughs> My life is boring compared to theirs. In 1941, old Marvin, he was killed in action when he exposed himself to gunfire to save his men. So he died a hero, and that ensured that old Helen would pine over old Marvin Taylor for the rest of her days. Was it in 1941 or 1951? 19, did I say 41? Yeah. Yeah, it's 51. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's just a I just wanted to Yeah, 1951. So, this brings us to the night she meets old John List. So, they start getting it on. Mm. And <laughs> Mama's going to be jealous. <laughs> so, and we know that they were getting it on because two months after they started dating Helen announces that she's pregnant and I guess in all this big Christian piety it didn't include premarital sex I bet it did for other people but probably just not for him no it did for everybody but people who believe like they do <laughs> you know all those sinners he you know wants to do the right thing so he marries her well come to find out she had lied about being pregnant she wasn't pregnant at all. She just wanted to get married. She just wanted to find someone that she could settle down with and that would take care of her and her daughter. And she settled on the most boring individual she could find on earth. <laughs> 
So that was basically. <laughs> she she settled I'm for the. Sorry, the she got, settled. That, she went for the safety. She went for the safety. That's got a sting. Yeah. I mean, like really, really. I mean. That's kind of an asshole thing to do. That is not kind of an asshole thing to do. That is an asshole you thing tr- to do. I mean, you, yeah. So don't, you don't do that to people. Just, but he was already married and because marriage was sacred in his eyes, he just kind of stuffed all that anger he had at that, just kind of stuffed it down, stuffed it down. And you should never just never, went on with his life. Never do that. <laughs> so he stayed married to her. Because it's going to come out one day and it's not going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> now, as far as what um, Helen's family thought about John, her sister Jean and Jean's husband Jean, they huh? were. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> Helen's sister Jean and her husband Jean. And my other husband, my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> they weren't too keen on John. And in fact, Jean, the, the man Jean, Jean man, <laughs> the husband Jean said that he didn't like John from the beginning and that he wasn't one of his favorite people and he considered him a loser from the word go. Well, yeah. So he kind of called it. <laughs> See, things like I do. Straight to the point. Don't don't beat around the bush about it. Don't just get to the point. So Gene and Gene didn't like him. And as far as John's mom mother went, she really didn't like Helen. Well, I know why. <laughs> I mean she kinda had she a reason took, to. She, she called her, her she called her I can't I can't remember what word she, I know she used the word um rebounder. I, I don't know if it was maybe a dirty rebounder or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. She called her a rebounder. Lady, you have no right to call anybody <laughs> anything. So just shut up. Okay, so in 1954, John and Helen moved to a Detroit suburb, suburb called Inkster. <laughs> Inkster, Michigan. <laughs> and that's where they have their first child patricia pat 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 but helen according this was according to her sister jean helen really didn't like even like children that much so but she just she just kept having them and she said that she viewed her kids as nothing as really just kind of burdensome Okay, so her and John's father would have gotten along really yes. good. <laughs> they would have gotten along really well, yes. They probably would have been best friends. They would have. They lived in Inkster, had Patricia, and then they moved to Kalamazoo, where they had two more children. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. They had two more children, boys, John Jr. and Fred, and in Kalamazoo, John worked for the Sutherland Paper Company. Which was pretty much just a box factory. And they made all the throwaway packaging that, you know, is so prevalent today. Ah, thanks. Peanuts. (laughs) Thanks, Sutherland Paper Company. Now, John List, while in Kalamazoo, he became the treasurer of his church, just like his father had been. So this was a source of great pride for John because, you know, it was just... It it kind of 
brought him up a level in the community, basically. But now, Helen, she was not as into church as John was. And when I say not into it, she didn't go. She just stopped going after John Jr. was born. And that that kind of became just a, a point of contention in the marriage. But as usual, and again, instead of voicing his feelings or opinion, he just kind of shoved that down in there too into the bottomless keep, pit of his keeps, soul. If he keeps shoving <laughs> shit down in there, he's going to explode quicker than I thought. And so not only was Helen not going to church, but Brenda kind of took the lead from her mom and she also stopped going to church. And after a while, it just became that the family, ex- excluding John, he felt was moving farther and farther away from the church and from God. Well, you were already far away from God, but <laughs> not him. He's God's right hand man. Oh no, <laughs> no. Him and God are like this. No, yeah. true story. Then Helen also began drinking very heavily. <gasps> That's a no no. She she just started. She really started going downhill. And now Helen, she turned out to be. She was very very materialistic which i mean john was too to you know just but in a different way his thing was he thought that they needed to you know he just wanted to make as much money as possible because he thought that that was his job as a man but helen she wanted to spend as much money as possible well they went good together then <laughs> well he'd make it and she would spend well, there you it go. and i mean just on stupid shit and like like when they had their baby, their first baby, Patricia, like she insisted that they buy this playpen that would, in today's dollars, cost $900. Why? Not Why? for a crib, not for a crib, but for a playpen. It's just a playpen. I mean, you can get those things for 30 bucks at Walmart. Back then, like 10. <laughs> I mean, it's a playpen. Now, granted, her, they were probably going to, they probably spent a lot more time in there than they didn't. <laughs> So but she was not things, a very attentive not, mother, but you could not destroy those things back then, though. <laughs> but well, I sure as hell would think you couldn't. I I would want to if I paid nine hundred dollars for a playpen. That darn thing better be lined in gold. Real. Well, I would want to be able to drop it from an airplane and it survive. And it bounces. <laughs> it just bounces with the kid in it. Yeah, there you go. With the kid it in it, bounces. drop it from an airplane and everything's cool. It just bounces. Yeah, and the kids I mean. Another. I mean, that's what I expect from a $900 play bin. <laughs> and another thing that, um, like I said, going back to Helen not being a very attentive mother, she was, um, she started drinking during this time when mm. the kids were growing up and she was always berating John, asking why he always got, had the same hairstyle. Like, why don't you get your hair cut different? You look like a nerd. You know why? Just kind of just. Why did she marry him? Because she, he could provide for her and her daughter. Well, apparently he couldn't. You know, she would just, everything he did, and she would just, you know, just, just poking at him, you know, just to get her try. I think, and maybe part of it was because he was so rigid and never fought back and never said anything. You know, he, she would call him these names, tell him how, what a piece of shit he was and how he, he would never live up to her dead husband, Marvin. How Marvin was so much better Marvin. than him. 
And again, he would never say anything. So maybe part of this was her trying to get any kind of reaction from him. I don't know. Or maybe she was just a drunk ass bitch. I think she was just a bitch. (laughs) But I mean, it had to be probably, probably, (laughs) I I can tell you exactly how this went. She needed some money to go buy something that was stupid that probably cost an outrageous amount and he told her no. And then all of a sudden he was a nerd and needed a new hairstyle and needed <laughs> to do this. Shit. Not as good You're as not Marvin. as good as Marvin. <laughs> That's exactly how that went. Now let's just tell the truth. Well, I don't know how it went down because I wasn't there, but well, I do I'm, think that probably part of it was her trying to get some kind of reaction out of him because it's not like he was very affectionate toward her anyway. But or toward any of the kids but or she anything. Didn't want that anyway, because all well, she we don't wanted, know. from what was said at the beginning, all she wanted was somebody that was just going to basically pay for anything she wanted. Yeah, I mean, there had to be some reason that she lied to him about being pregnant to lock him down into marriage, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she chose this. Right. And another thing she would do, like if it was during the day and he was at work, she would call him and say, you know, your kid has crapped his diaper. If you want it changed, you better come home and change it. I'd so she called, wouldn't even change the kid's diaper. My have called defects right there. <laughs> well, was, no, because that would mean that the, the image that you were trying to put up to the public would be... Oh, Gone. Your image. But that's what, that's his whole thing. That's what his whole life revolves around is how he's perceived. That's what, that's the whole, that's how he grew up. That's the only important thing is, you know, you're, you're perceived to be a Christian man providing for your family and that you're doing everything you can that you need to do and to make, to, you know, to, 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 to contain that image that you know you have within the in you know in the community but that that's what it's all about for him and i know you're not understanding that because that's not your mindset but you just got to kind of no, understand I will never i will that that's never what be able is. to put my mind in that type <laughs> of mindset but that's what it's about is the his is the perception it doesn't it, it it doesn't match the reality but as long as the perception's there and there's no break in it and there's no crack in that then everything's okay that that's why no, he never not, fights that's, back that's the whole point no, and because he's and because he's just his job is just to make the money provide for his family and make sure they all go to heaven as far as he can oh, is concerned not going to heaven as far as he is concerned that is his only job on this earth and you know, when she would berate him like that, all he would do, he'd just, you know, kind of sign, roll his eyes, and go to, into his office and blare classical music. And that's how he dealt with it every single time. There was that never a release, or he never once, you know, told her, hey, back off. You know, you're making me feel bad. How about you lay off a little while? How about you change the kid's shitty diaper? Because when she did call him, he would leave work go home and change the diaper but see that's my point see that everything's not okay no it's not okay at all but i'm and i'm sorry but the perception is okay but no it's not because you can't tell me that somebody somewhere didn't see what was going on well i mean but in his but in their (laughs) eyes you know if if 
if they're not that's why they didn't when they were they would they did not have anything to do with any of their neighbors they never talked to their neighbors um helen hardly ever went outside let alone talk to the neighbors and you know i mean it was all contained in that house which is another reason i don't understand because you know like i said she was materialistic they always had to have the best why it's not like anybody was going to see it because that (laughs) that is the she thought that he had money and that's why she married him yeah i mean because he was going to provide for her and her daughter so she doesn't i mean so she lied to him and told him she was not up so he would marry her and again that's another as i mentioned before that's something just kind of stuff down all the berating all the all the yelling the drinking the inattentiveness to the children he just pushed all that down he never once spoke up and said anything okay but i'm sorry i don't give a crap how people perceive me when it comes if it was my kids i'm sorry people just have to see me as an asshole if that's what they wanted to do (laughs) because if when it comes to my kids i'm somebody's gonna get hurt if they're hurting those kids yeah i mean and any parent should be that way yeah well around 1965 um john he got fired from xerox and i mean he was doing okay in the corporate Uh world he had actually made it up to i think like vice president of accounting or something like that and but the problem was he didn't he he couldn't he didn't have the social skills to be in the corporate world in the 60s because it was more about entertaining more about personality you know having the boss over for dinner and your you and your wife entertaining you know that's what it was about but in the corporate world still like maybe not to no not I, it's to not really extent, but it's still i like mean it's more today. it's not just as, ass kissing not but it's bad. not as social not as bad today but it still goes on yeah today. i mean it's about more about ass kissing really um and well, that, that's what that was well but i'm I saying mean, that it was more social and then and also like if he had and if he had to give like anytime he had to talk in public like give a report or something he he would freak out he would break out in like welts and hives he couldn't speak in public when he finally did get it together enough to speak he would just kind of you know kind of just sway back and forth <laughs> nervously while he's trying to give this pre these presentations and another thing that was against him was when they did when they would have to socialize and he would have to bring helen along she was a total wreck she was she would be drunk on pills she she was taking um gosh i can't i can't remember the name of it but it was the the um pill that they would that they gave um that they gave pregnant women for um morning sickness and it gave all the babies flippers it was i can't remember what the name was but she was on that to calm her down so she was on pills drinking she would show up at these social functions for the for his company when he worked at xerox and she would just kind of flirt with all the men um which would piss all the wives off well yeah then she would tell everybody how john wasn't good in the bedroom and that he couldn't compare to her to marvin (laughs) i mean she would tell this stuff to people in public so after a while you know it got to be too much so he left xerox and went and got a job in westfield new jersey 
and became the vice president of a bank, which, I mean, that's a pretty good job. He was actually making six figures, which was pretty good yeah. for then. It's a really good job, actually. Yeah. So when they moved to Westfield, New Jersey, you know, they, of course, had to buy a new house. And the realtor was showing John, you know, houses in the $30,000 range, Uh which was a big house back then. That was a lot of house. You could buy a lot of house for $30,000, which was well within their budget. Mm -hmm. But, of course, that wasn't suitable for Helen. She wanted, she thought they should live in the biggest house in town, the most expensive house. You're not the governor. (laughs) You're just the, there's just the bank president. Vice president. Excuse me. He wasn't even the president. president. (laughs) He was the vice president. So what they ended up buying was an 18 room mansion. Why? (laughs) You gotta clean that bitch. And it was it cost it cost them like fifty nine thousand dollars, which was like double. Well, yeah, that what was a their lot budget of, that was. That was a lot of money back then, and it was pretty. It was kind of run down when they bought it. So not only were they buying something that was twice what their what they should have bought, but they were also going to have to put money in it to bring it, you know, back up because it was just run down. Yeah, and of course, John didn't have the money to purchase the house, so. He asked his mother for a loan. Mommy. (laughs) Hey, mommy. Mommy. And she said, well, yeah, I'll give you the loan on one condition. Oh, what? That she move in with them. Oh. So they, she got a, there was a, made her like a little apartment on the third floor. It was a three-story house. And she lived on the third floor. So that's fine. Yeah, let's put the elderly person on the third floor. <laughs> Just lock her up in the <laughs> attic. She can never bother us again. <laughs> so that was that sounds like a whole barrel of fun, and I'm sure Helen loved it. Oh, I'm sure Helen did. <laughs> I'm sure that went over great. She had a lot of competition. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Ooh. I forgot about the whole mother thing. Ooh. Well, you're welcome. Thanks. Appreciate ya. So this mansion that they got, this it was at 431 Hillside Avenue in Westfield, New Jersey. Hillside. If anybody wants to. <laughs> Go by there and see No, it's not mansion. there anymore. So it had 19 rooms, 10 fireplaces. What the? Five bathrooms. So, I mean, I don't know what in the fuck you need this for. Why do you because need you that? you an idiot. You don't need that. <laughs> Come on, people. But she thought, but Helen thought that, that that she needed that. So is that like 19 bedrooms or just 19 rooms total? I think it was total. Okay. No, it didn't have 19 bedrooms. I know well, that. I just, wanted, I, I just wanted to be sure. No, it was 19 <laughs> rooms total. Okay. I'm just, just checking. And when they first moved in, their neighbor, a neighbor named Harry Devlin, he, Delvin, I'm sorry. Neighbor. Not Devlin, Delvin. <laughs> He came over, you know, and brought a pies of, you know, a little welcome to the neighborhood gift. Here's a pie. But John List, he just kind of said, you know, he's like, well, thank you for the pie, but it's not our custom to socialize with neighbors. What the and fuck? that's what he told him. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude. And that was pretty much the only interaction the neighborhood had with John List and you, the let, List okay, family. This is how you should have handled that. Charles Manson would have been better at handling that than you Charles were. Manson is was very, very personable, as a matter of fact. Jeffrey Dahmer would have been better at handling that than you would have. 
Ed Gein would have been better at handling that. I don't think Ed Gein would have. <laughs> no, I just, think he would have. Well, he probably would have because he, you know, that he had that little family that he would go and have dinner with exactly, once a week. So that's my point. I can't remember the name of them, but yeah, there was a the family had, that he would go and have dinner with and once he had a week. Farm, and you know how people <laughs> on farms are. Somebody shows up. Well, hey, neighbor, what's up? I don't know about Ed Gein because his mom was not like that. Well. At all. Well, his mom, well, we won't go into that. But anyway, we'll do Ed Gein another day. So John's, you know, he's, you know, struggling to keep the house going. I imagine so. I mean, because he just spent more than he can afford. Right. And after a year at the bank, he actually gets fired. (gasps) No. (laughs) True story. Whatever will he do? Well, but the reason he got fired was when he was hired, part of the, he was told that part of his job was going to be, you know, to bring new business into the bank. And that's selling the bank. And that's not John Liz's strong point at all. Well, He's not a people person. He's not going to be good at selling people on things. So they gave him a year and he couldn't do it. So they fired him. But his, so his image was so important to him and he didn't want anyone, not even his own family to see any crack in, you know, what in his purpose of what he thought he should do as oh a man. My God, really? So he, he didn't tell his family that he got fired. He would actually, he still got up every morning, put on a suit and tie. He would take the train to the next stop. Sit in the train station for eight hours reading every day. Put his, get back on the train and go home. So as far as his family knew, he had been at work all day. Didn't Homer Simpson do that on <laughs> the Simpsons? Yes, episode? but John, but he went to the Krusty Burger. Yes, but John List invented this. This oh, okay. This is a John. This is all. This is a John List thing. This is what. This is where that comes from. Okay, is him. And Billy Crystal starring a movie where a guy doesn't have. <laughs> don't <a> know. <laughs> it's ever since this story, this it's just been a thing that it's been like a thing that Maybe people do. About use that up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he was going to the train station and hanging out all day, trying to, and you know, his family was none the wiser. Me. I'm going to work. So after a while, John finally found him another job. With as a vice president again, that's the third wow. time he's been a vice president. <laughs> wow, you you can get the job, <laughs> you just can't do it. Right. So it was the vice president of the American Photograph Company in New York City, but the salary was half of what he had been making at the bank. Half. Half. He already couldn't afford this. Right. House. Exactly. And all her extravagant stuff right. that nobody ever sees. Right. And since. As far as his family knew, he was he just changed jobs, and of course he didn't tell them. Well, he did, but just he didn't tell them the right. He didn't tell them the as far as they knew he was moving to a better job. Better, no, better, but it's not better. Maybe less stressful, but not better. (laughs) And after he got the job at the American Photograph Company, the next year the company relocated. But but because John's tied to this house, he can't, you know. Just go to McDonald's and become a cook and just be done with it. He can't go with the American Photograph Company. So he loses that job. And again, he does not 
mention this, he fails to mention this to his family. So that's another job he's oh, got. Oh, Jesus. And in the meantime. Well, no, actually, that one wasn't his fault, though. Well, I mean, no, that was not his fault. But, but, I mean, he'd only been there a little under a year, so I'm sure, given time, he would have lost that job, too. Well, that maybe, but we will <laughs> never know because they moved away and he couldn't move I'm going him. to speculate. I'm going to use, I'm going to speculate and say that he would have. Him. I'm going to take up for him this one time <laughs> and say that that was not his fault. <laughs> that one time. Maybe he would have lost the job later on, but we don't know yeah. that. And he did end up getting a job as a insurance salesman. You're not going to make money doing that. Well, especially if you're John List, because he's a shitty salesman. That's why he got fired from his first job. Hold on. It's I, couldn't, I couldn't sell the bank, so let me go sell insurance. So, during all this, when all this is going on, Brenda, when she hits 18, she gets the hell out of there. I don't blame her. <laughs> she runs, she actually runs away from home. Good for you. Mary's. Well, I actually know she didn't run away from home because she was 18. She just moved Well, she out. left home, okay? She moved out. And Maybe they thought she ran away from home. <laughs> but no. She just moved Legally, out. Legally, <laughs> she just moved out. Well, she married this, um, Serviceman and uh-huh. got you an army man. Or she a got I don't know, Navy? just a serviceman. Yeah. That's all I know. Okay. And anyway, they ended up divorcing because she had just married him to get out of the house. What What then, is wrong with you women just marrying people <laughs> to get? Something? Well, like mother, like daughter, I guess. Geez, that's where she learned it. And so then she got married again, and again got divorced. Wow. But the third marriage, it ended up working. So. Third time's a charm for her. Do you just get tired? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, John List, all these divorces, she, you know, of course, instead of thinking, well, maybe her home life that we created was so bad that she just couldn't stand it and had to leave. Of course, her, her divorce, her getting married, getting divorced, getting married, getting divorced was all the work of the devil because she had turned to the devil. It was the devil's work. It wasn't devil. the fact that her home life was probably unbearable. I don't think the divorces would have been. I think that was just you jumped into something way too Of course quick. that's what it is because she wanted to leave home. She could have just left. She was but 18. She need, but she didn't. Uh, what's, hey, well, how's she going to live? Get a job? She, have you ever heard of those? She just wanted to get away and that was the easiest way. So she got married so she could split because she was desperate to get away. And then, but John, you know, he, he just, he was determined that the same thing was not going to happen to his daughter, mm. Patty. So he started becoming even more strict as wow. the years went by. And he would, he had pretty much, dic- he was pretty much dictating the the schedules of the kids, like by, on a minute to minute basis. Oh, hell no. Like this, here, you're here for this many minutes, then you're going to be here for this many minutes, then you leave. I mean, it was like down to that uh, yeah, kind that's of gonna, control. That's going to keep them from running away at 18. <laughs> Go for it. That's going to make them want to stay. Good so, job. And of course, during this time, it was the late 60s. And of course, Patty, she was doing a little bit of rebelling, not anything bad. Like she was taking drama class and. You know, in John List's eyes, you know, actors were evil. It's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> you know, acting's evil. 
you know, you're headed, you know, toward to hell because you're taking drama classes. So this was not something he was happy about, her being involved in that. I would be more worried about it not being a 100% guarantee. Not that it was the devil that... <laughs> well, to John List, if you're... Anything that doesn't involve church or work is the devil. But that was work. No, that was just a, going to class, a drama class but just for the hell of it. But drama class to possibly become an actress. Uh, but that would have been... A, she would have been sprinting to hell... If she became, if she tried to become a professional actress. Basically, it would be the same thing as if you went to school to be a doctor. No, it would not. It's the devil's work. I'm telling you. It's It's the the devil. devil. (laughs) He's kind of like mama on, um, the water boy. (laughs) Everything's the devil devil. to him. (laughs) Everything's the devil to mama. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everything was the devil to John List. If it didn't involve working, making a living and going to church. It, you know, fuck it, you're going to hell. All work and no play makes John a dull boy. <laughs> well, John was a dull boy. I think that's kind of obvious. <laughs> His wife reminded him every day, on numerous times a day, how fucking dull he was. <laughs> fucking dull, John. Not like Marvin, who was Marvin. the life of the party. Well, Marvin, Marvin. was in the military, so <laughs> Marvin had done a lot of things. Marvin knew how to please a woman. Yeah, Marvin, Marvin wasn't a nerd. Marvin, Marvin had a cool take, haircut. Take care of me. So, Marvin gave me syphilis. Marvin Marvin's the reason I can't look straight ahead. Marvin's the reason that my skin's falling off and my brain's becoming soft. Exactly. It was actually during this time Helen really started. Um, her brain really started deteriorating pretty badly. Because you know what syphilis does. Yes, the brain, yes, right? it eats it basically. It eats it and makes it like soft, like yeah. mushy, like jello. Well, like her, like literally. she was she was definitely starting to turn. And then it jello-ish. turns to oatmeal, and then it just turns to liquid and goes away. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> this has been your syphilis moment with Christina. Now this has you been your weekly syphilis practice, update. Practice safe sex, folks. <laughs> But only 50% of people that get syphilis actually well, this have is symptoms. True. So. This is true. Not everybody has You know, you got a 50-50 shot. But there's <laughs> only a 50-50 shot that you won't turn into that. So, so I mean, you, you know, your brain you know. starts leaking out your nose because it's done come So, local. you know, I'm, what I'm saying is go out. Go for it. Go out there and go for have it. Have a good time, kids. <laughs> and really, I mean, like I said, Patty getting back to patty she was kind of rebelling not really like i think the worst thing she ever did was she snuck out went drinking at, like <gasps> with two of her friends and got rolled up on the the police rolled up on her at, like two two thirty in the morning took her to, to jail and john had to come get her out and this psycho she is lucifer himself <laughs> right she is she is she is possessed by the devil the devil himself yes so this psycho he gets the call from the police you know hey your daughter's down here we called her drinking and you know come pick her up yeah come pick her up he shows up at the police station freshly shaved in a suit and tie and what time was two fucking 30 in the morning my hair be sticking (laughs) up my pajamas be on where that little hair at but i think to me that just goes to show the image 
He had to look as clean cut and put together as possible, even at two thirty in, in the, the morning. morning. Yes, you want to know how I would look when I go in there? <laughs> Don't probably almost like you look now. <laughs> My hair would be sticking up and like okay, check. <laughs> My pajamas would still be on with some well, you do have jeans some, on with so. some fluffy slippers, probably <laughs> some socks. So then, I think it was um, in the summer of seventy one, some sometime in there. He it Patty wasn't the summer of sixty nine. No, it wasn't. Patty Damn. came down. <laughs> Patty came down the stairs, and she had on a thin cotton t shirt oh. that had a that had a peace symbol on it, and had a, had the slogan "Make love, not war." Somebody better go get an exorcist <laughs> right now and save this child from the devil. Save her from herself, dear Lord. Lord. Have mercy. Well, John flips the fuck out. Like this is what sends him just reeling. Okay, he wow. actually he pushes Patty up against the wall. If they'd have known, like ten years ago, that that's all it took to get him to release all of that. Wow, can you imagine? <laughs> Just a peace symbol. So he pushes her up against the wall, tears the shirt off of her. You, you're raping and the your whole, child. And the whole time he's calling... <laughs> He's calling her and Helen sluts. He's like, you just, you slut. Y'all both just sluts. Yeah. You sluts. So, I mean, he like just loses it. And he, um, so he leaves the kitchen and just goes into his office, slams the door and starts, of course, playing his classical music. And Patty runs up the stairs, goes into her room, slams the door and starts playing Riders on the Storm as loud as she can. Oh my God, grow up. <laughs> Let's all sit down and talk like adults. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, that, it's just the dysfunction. It's the dysfunctional household, obviously. I get that. So now that was the only time ever that John had ever become violent or anything toward his family. Ever. Because Darn. he never ever said anything. He uh, like I said, he I always. Bet, I bet I bet Patty's just standing. I'm not Patty, but um, Helen's just standing there with her jaw dropped, like. That's like, all it took. <laughs> like, where's really? this guy being? That kind of, I could, that oh, kind, that's, hey, I could hey, see a little hey, bit of Marvin in him. Hey, baby, where you been on my lap? <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Marvin. He's a, he's a man. <laughs> so during this time, you know, he's, he did, he lost, he had lost his job at the. See, I think that, I think the, it's just. Photographic company. And he was, he finally got a job as kind of an insurance salesman, which he was not good at. And he was only earning $5,000 a year. If you can't sell bank accounts (laughs) when people need them. But the thing is, you've got to go out and ask people. You've got to knock on doors. I mean, but he's not doing that. And... So, like I said, he gets the job. He loses the job at the photographic company because they relocate. Then he gets the job, like I said, as the insurance salesman, making $5,000 a year. So, he went from making a six-figure income as vice president of the bank. And a few years later, he's a shitty insurance salesman making $5,000 a year. I don't think that's going to pay for everything. No. And the way he is supplementing... The income, so that his family doesn't know, is he's 
slowly, slowly bleeding his mother's bank account dry without her knowing about it. Mm. He's just stealing money from his mom. So in, in the fall of 1971, John List, at that time, he's got three mortgages on that big-ass house that they bought. How in the hell, without a job, did he get three mortgages? My guess is that he was loaning himself money when he was still the vice president of the bank, would be my guess. And he ain't got the house paid off yet if he could just give himself money? <laughs> no. He's got the three mortgages on the house that I think totaled around $50,000. Damn. He owed $1,000 in heating bills, which at the time was a lot for a heating bill, trying to keep that big-ass place heated. You warm. them damn fireplaces. Now you know why it had all them fireplaces. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's why it had them. And, he had, his, and they had run up a $150 tab with the milkman. How the fuck did you run up a $150 tab with the milkman? Because you're getting milk every week and you ain't paying for that shit. I don't know why the milkman keeps bringing the milk. I know why the milkman keeps <laughs> Maybe he's bringing a little something more than milk. I don't think he's bringing milk. <laughs> <laughs> he may be leaving some when he goes, but. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway. So he just, he, and plus now his daughter's headed to hell, right? Going <laughs> most, to hell. She's most, she's most definitely going to hell unless. We want to go to hell. <laughs> The final straw for John List comes when the house is, it's about to become, it's about to come under foreclosure. They're about to foreclose you on think? him. think? Yeah. Because you probably haven't made a payment in three years and they're just <laughs> like, well, let's just see what happens. So John, he's, you know, he's faced with bankruptcy and I'm sure, and, and Helen and the family had no clue any of this was going on. How could they not? See, I don't get because that. Because they did would... He was... As and far I as they did. know, he was paying the bills. That was it. That's what he did. He paid the bills. But there comes a point in time when the milkman comes, doesn't come and leave any milk anymore. But apparently the milkman was still leaving milk if you apparently, get up uh, to $150. Apparently the milkman was still coming by. <laughs> so he's faced with bankruptcy, which is a, that there's no way he would do that because that would, that would ruin his image. Oh my God, who cares? And that would be him failing to provide for his family. He's failing providing for his family. That's the whole point. <laughs> right. As, but nobody knows that. Oh, there's a lot of people that know it. Everybody at the bank knows it. <laughs> but, the milkman knows it. You know it. The milkman knows it. Harriet next door knows it. But the people because that he worked. He told her. Well, the, his family doesn't know. His church doesn't know and those are that the church people i think that's even more i think that he cares even more about that that image that they have of him than even the image his family has of him this right here is my milkman stopped delivering milk door to door (laughs) the whole reason (laughs) the whole reason john list is the whole reason the whole reason I mean, he just created havoc throughout the world. Right. So, John's trying to go through, like, what what are his choices here? He's uh, not going to declare, he can't declare bankruptcy. That's yes, out of the can. question. Yes, he can. He can't declare bankruptcy, sell the house, and then just kind of live a normal life. That can't happen. Yes, he can. No, because he can't go backwards. 
He's made it. But he he's, is going. He's backwards already. He can't publicly come out as. But people already know. And he can. Not the people that are important to him. Maybe not his family. That's the point. The people, but his church and his that, family doesn't know. And that's the only thing that matters. As far as he was concerned, his image was airtight with his family and his church. And that was what mattered. That's his little bubble. So, you know, he's faced with financial ruin. He's stuck with a family he didn't approve of. He didn't really pretty much, I mean, or even really like. (laughs) I don't even know if he really liked them much. Then why not just leave? So he's trying to get out. He's trying to figure out what can I do? Walk out the door. No, he can't just cut and run because he can't get a divorce because divorce was strictly forbidden in his belief system. He could not get a divorce. That was just out of the question as much as bankruptcy was out of the question. These things are all on the same level of sin in his mind is what I'm trying to explain to you. In his mind, all of that is sin, sinning. He will go to hell if he, if he's not. It's all on the same level. Divorce is on the same level as filing for bankruptcy. He's fucking nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. There's a reason we're talking about him. That's all I'm saying. People are... He also couldn't commit suicide because that would send you to hell. So those, so those three things so far, he's hell, hell, hell. So those, he, those three are out. So he thought about maybe, well, maybe I should just kill, maybe just kill Helen. Oh yeah, because that won't send you to hell. Okay, go for it. Killing Helen and running, but his mother would be, she was kind of too old to take care of the kids. So, he couldn't do that. And then the, besides that, he figured that the kids would be traumatized because their mother's dead and their father's skipped town, right, mm-hmm. for killing their mom. So I, I, he's probably right about that. That probably would traumatize them a little bit. Yeah, I, Maybe. <laughs> I mean, so I got I to gotta hand it to him there. He's probably right on that one. And another reason that he didn't think that he should just skip out, but besides the divorce, was that he thought that if he left, that would leave his children without anyone to steer them back toward God. So they would just keep drifting further and further away from God and end up going to hell. So he couldn't leave the kids in the care of Helen because she would end up sending them to hell by not steering them toward God. Okay, <laughs> just telling you what his thought process was. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. More and more, Helen is starting to sound like <laughs> the same one in this relationship. The one thing that he could do that would ensure that all of his family went to heaven, and that would also, and that he would be able to ask God forgiveness for, was wiping out his entire family. He could he could ensure that the kids went to heaven that way. Helen would go to heaven that way. His mother would go to heaven that way. Then he would be free. All he would have to do would be ask God for forgiveness. No. He would be forgiven. And then all would be right with the world. He could go start another life. And everything would be peachy keen. He would be out from under the bills, the stress, 
Yeah, he'd be out from under the, everything. All I right. mean, he would be out from under everything. He is right about that one point of that whole thing of, of him contemplating through that. He would definitely not have to worry about paying any more bills. Yeah, I mean, he could leave all his debts behind. His family would be in heaven. Everything would be peachy keen, right? No. Yeah. No. Well, we'll see because that's where we're going to leave off for this week. <laughs> so references for this story, um, the book Death Sentence by Joe Sharkey in the book. Sharkey. <laughs> Sharkey. Sharkey. In the book Righteous Carnage by Timothy Benford and James Johnston. So that was where I got the details for this story. That in my memory. Is it a true book or is some of it fiction? No, it's it's Every single word in there is true. Yeah, as far as I know. It was not, um, it was not written as a historical fiction book. It was based on the story, so. Anywho, it's time for the Crafty Criminal of the Week. Yay! Now we get to wonder how stupid somebody else can be. Yeah, so please know our disclaimer, these people are not crafty and can barely be called criminals. This is next time, Steal a Milky Way. Uh-oh. Now, when Stephen Crane, which, didn't he write the red badge of courage? <laughs> I, think that, I think that was, no, that was. I'm um, pretty sure Stephen Crane wrote the red badge of courage. I'm about to Google that right shit. Right now, all I can think about is Ichabod Crane. But <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Stephen Crane wrote the red badge of courage. I don't think it's the same Stephen Crane. Well, I know it's not the same Stephen Crane, but I'm just saying it wasn't that the guy's name. Yes, he did. I knew I was right. I don't know why I ever questioned myself. Okay, so when Stephen Crane broke into the Ravelli Republic newsroom in Montana, he used the computers to watch some porn. You know, check out his Facebook. Why not? You know, just made his stuff. He just needed some internet. He just needed some internet. Jeez. And so he, you know, he got his fill of his porn, I guess. And when he was leaving to kind of cover his tracks, he doused the office with a fire extinguisher. Why? To cover up the crime, I guess. You he, just used a computer. You did, <laughs> what the hell? Well, he didn't want that porn. Be, it was probably some weird-ass porn. Probably, with, an, back probably with animals or something. <laughs> I'm sure it was some kind of sick shit. So he I doused the office with a fire extinguisher, took some candy, and left. Took some candy. Story well, over. That theft of that candy, you know. They go in there looking for fingerprints on that candy bowl. It wasn't difficult to find him, though. Because Uh all the police had to do was follow the stolen, the the trail of stolen M&Ms that led to his sister's house across the street. (laughs) Case solved. (laughs) What me? He's like put his hands. He got chocolate all over his mouth. I had no idea. What me? So that's our crafty criminal of the week. He didn't have chocolate all over his hands because M and M's. I said all over his face. Oh, okay. They melt in your mouth. Not in your hands. Exactly. That's why. That's why I said. I made sure I said face because I knew that that they will not. How would it get on your face though if it's in your mouth? Because he's just a really sloppy eater. (laughs) Look, it has something to do with the porn. That's all I'm saying. Are we sure I don't want to go into details sure about this. Chocolate? You need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up. Alright, don't forget that you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash onecrimepod. You can also check out our merch at tpublic t 
t.public slash one crime pod. <laughs> we'll have a link to both of those in our description for the episodes, so you don't have to write them down. That's good, because I did. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. Okay. Remember, you can email us at one crime at a time at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at one crime pod on all of those. And as always, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is go rate us, give us a review. We'd, yes, we'd appreciate please. it greatly. Yes, please. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, guys. Got anything else? I was just going to say that I'm coming back with Out in the Sticks also. Oh, yeah. We are. We, we should be I'm releasing an episode where I can, this weekend. I can get back. And by this weekend, I mean probably by late Sunday night. <laughs> probably by... At least by Wednesday. I don't know. It'll be out when it's out, guys. I'm trying. I'm trying my well, best. She, we're trying. It's been it's been rough, but we're making I'm it. I'm trying. I promise. Yeah. So, until next week, I guess that we'll say, remember to only dive into one crime at a time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.